We all want more unity and more happiness at home. We all want more peace inside. We all want to be able to hear the Lord more clearly. And so today I'm really excited to bring back one of my guests, McCove Johnson. We're going to be talking about how key emotional processing is and how to make a safe place for you and your children to process through these big feelings that we have in life so that our homes can become happier, so that our hearts inside of us can become happier. If you haven't heard my original episode with her, go back to November um, episode 107, and she has a short introductory episode there that will help set the stage for understanding what we're going to talk about more today. I know you're going to love this. You'll probably want to take some notes. This episode was one I really enjoyed creating, and I really hope it will bless you as well. Hey, mamas, welcome to Her Home and Heart podcast. Do you want balance in your home life and peace in your heart at the end of each long day? Do you want to let go of feelings of failure because you've yelled at the kids again despite promising yourself and God you'd stop? I'm Katie. I'm a homeschooling mom who also had little kids and wanted to create a thriving home environment. In this podcast, you'll find resources for holistic living, heart connection with your family, and homeschooling so that you won't wake up to regret one day. Even if you have outside-the-box learners or your own health challenges, you'll find support here. Breathe deeply, grab a coffee, and let the kids go play, because it's time for you to find peace and fulfillment that you've been longing for. Let's go! Are you tired of home feeling like a chaotic war zone all the time? What if you had an ecosystem in place for you to feel not only peaceful, but productive as you train up your children in the way that they should go? What if you could homeschool in a way that is authentic to you and right for your children while knowing that you are doing the thing that God called you to do? As a mom of five kids, I've been able to create and maintain a peaceful environment despite the multiple disabilities among some of the children and the huge challenges that our family has faced. I'd be so honored to walk with you on your journey to creating a peaceful, thriving home environment. If you'd like to discover your number one roadblock to peace at home and to get started on the path to overcoming that, let's book a mentorship session together. The link is in the description and I would be so genuinely honored to listen to you and to have the opportunity to help you get that plan in place to begin overcoming your number one roadblock. This week, I am so excited to welcome back McCove Johnson. She is a mom and author, coach, podcaster, and a doodler. After years of seeking emotional healing and relational tools for herself and her children, she now shares what she has learned about overcoming childhood emotional neglect through prayer and creativity. She's been married for 28 years and has three adult children and a five-year-old who all live in Alaska. And McCove, I'm so excited that you're back with us today. And we were just chatting everybody and I told her that this technique that she's going to share with you in a little bit is better than chocolate. So ladies, those <laughs> who love chocolate, brace yourselves. You're going to love this episode. <laughs> I love that, Katie. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I agree. It's better. It's better than chocolate. And I really like chocolate. <laughs> yes. Same here. So McCove. I want to just make sure everybody knows you have been teaching classes um, that are extremely healing and uplifting, and it's this amazing technique you've come up with. So we'll get to what that is and what that looks like, but can you tell everybody like what brought you, what's your story? What brought you to a place where you're helping people understand about processing emotions? 
Uh, so my story is I grew up in church with an amazing family. We were in church all the time. We mesmerized lots of scripture. We served, you know, we were there early. We stayed late, um, setting up, cleaning up. And I'm so grateful for that foundation that I had. And in the midst of all that, I always, like I can remember as a little girl longing for a Jesus with skin on. And realizing as I grew, like that never changed of like, I want this relationship. Like I don't want God to be a concept. Like scripture says he has relationship with people and I want that. And I concluded that it must've been me because I couldn't figure it out. And so it must've been me. And part of that came from my family was not equipped with emotional skills or really relational skills. And I, as children, we're egocentric and we see the world as like the things that we do causes everything in the world because we're egocentric. That's a childlike thinking. And the enemy takes advantage of that so that when things aren't going well in our family or our circumstances, we decide it must be us. And he capitalizes on that for as long as we are unaware of that's what he's doing. So Fast forward to have getting pregnant with my first son at, I would have been 24, 25, and just like so aware of the inadequacy that I saw as far as relational tools and emotional health and, you know, just being insecure and felt like I was unable to change and be the person that I wanted to be. So I was like, I have to figure this out. Like, because I'm going to recreate what I am. So I have to change. Like I have to figure this out and continued trying, you know, the books listening at the time, Christian radio, doing the Bible studies and just it never working. Like I was still the raging mom and still couldn't get my act together. And just like, what, like, it has to be me. Like all these other people are saying this changed my life and this worked more. So like, it has to be me but started like reading the emotional books with them to build their emotional vocabulary and doing the, I know back in the day, it was the little guy that was making all the different expressions, you know, and like we talked through that stuff and built their vocabulary and I did the skills with them and all of that stuff. And then it was learning to finally have that relationship with the Lord, which, you know, as I look back, it's like, okay, so I was building these relational skills, trying to give them to my kids that I think finally got me to a place where I could have that relationship with the Lord that I wanted. So I finally began learning to listen to God talking to me instead of I'm talking to you. (laughs) I want you to talk to me. and I'm actually creating space for that. And I did that with my kids when they were little and just started learning to hear what he had to say and being able to start identifying, okay, this is what I'm feeling, but what's the truth? And this is what I'm feeling. And what are the thoughts that go with that? What if those are actually true? And then based on what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, what do I need to do to come into alignment with what God says and who he says I am? And then the fun part has been starting the doodling again. And I can look back at my life and see that 
I always doodled. I doodled when I was on the phone. I doodled when I was in class. I doodled sermon notes. I just, it's, I don't want to say it's like, it's just something God gave me. It's something I do. And in, in that season where I was starting to hear his voice, I would often kind of get a picture and it almost always had words in it. So like I would, I started doodling those to, you know, like spend more time with what he had said and what he was showing me. And then I had a season where he told me I was a lighthouse and I was like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> He's like, yes, you are. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm a lighthouse. And so for probably two or three years, I was doodling lighthouses on a regular basis and spending time with like, what does it mean to be strong? What does it mean to be on that foundation? What does it mean to be shining his light? What does it mean to actually be built and designed for storms, you know, and just spending the time meditating on that and the doodling helps with meditating on that because it slows you down and it puts you in a different space than when you're thinking and all the things to do and just all that kind of stuff. So this past summer, like I really brought the doodling back out because I was working with a coach on some inner healing stuff. And it was a strange process because like intellectually I could tell stuff was shifting and I knew stuff was shifting, but I wasn't feeling like stuff was shifting. And so it was just like, I don't, know what to do. Like I'm doing what you're saying and I know God had me work with you. And so one day I just started, I'm like, I need to draw this. I need the, and so I started doodling and I've been doodling almost every day since (laughs) to just sit with, okay, if I'm feeling discouraged, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Why am I here? And what do I want to feel instead? Like, what does God have for me? and imagine that. So I feel like that was a really long story, but <laughs> it's wonderful because I know a lot of people are going to really identify with seasons they go through and not understanding where they're at and knowing they're grappling with how to move forward. I mean, for me, for example, as a mom with a special needs, well, very severely profoundly disabled special needs child, there have been many seasons of grief where you just feel stuck. And you know Mm -hmm. you need to get through it, but you don't know how. And so for God to share and inspire you to know that there's a very simple technique that not only was useful for you, but that is so simple, you can share it with other people. And in the process, teach them, here are your emotions. They are valid. It's okay to have them. Here's what God says about them. And then now let's look at how to walk through them. You know, and kind of like we were speaking in our last episode, which anybody who's listening today who hasn't heard McCove's last episode, go back and catch it. It's a really good 10 minutes of value. You're going to love what she teaches. And so, but just that, you know, there are kind of like stages with these emotions where you assess why you're even having the emotion, you validate the emotion, you listen to what it's trying to tell you, you know, and then you also taught to, to look for, well, what is this saying that I need? And so many people have never even been raised to have a thought that their emotions are even valid, much less how to work through them. Yeah, I think they've been taught that if I validate my emotions, it means that they're true and I'm being emotional. 
which has been seen as a bad thing. But validating is simply saying it makes sense that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that that's accurate and you need to run with the, what you feel like doing in that. It's just saying it makes sense that you would feel that way. I understand that you would feel that way. And we can do that for ourselves. Like it's great to have relationship with people who can also do that, but you can do that for yourself. You can be like, I am so mad and frustrated that my kids went in their room and dumped every single toy basket again. That is understandable that you feel that way. It is not okay to act out of that and go in there and yell at them and tell them how awful they are and how hard they make your life, which I'm guilty of having done. I think every mom has those memories that are regrettable, you know, for how we didn't manage our own emotions and it affected our kiddos. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if we can see like, yes, it is perfectly legitimate that I feel this way Mm -hmm. and I don't want to feel this way. So what do I need? Right. So like once when my kids were, I don't know how old, maybe seven to 10 maybe a little bit younger than that must have been younger than that. Cause that was the, like every time they were in their room, go in a room and just empty everything. Nobody's playing with every anything, but it's all emptied. And so I don't remember. I probably had blown up a few times and was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I bagged up everything and moved it to a storage space. And I said, I left like Legos and Lincoln logs and books and like any other toy that you can specifically ask me for in two weeks, I will bring back. Everything else is gone. That's a good technique. (laughs) Yeah, it worked great. I didn't need to rage anymore and they didn't have a disastrous room that was just awful to clean up and they actually played with their toys. And (laughs) so, so just that contrast of like, yeah, we can just, let that emotion drive and run over our kids and make us feel absolutely terrible. And, or we can go, okay, it's here for a reason, but I don't like it. What needs to change so that I don't need to feel this way anymore. Mm. So I really want to touch on that because we started talking a little bit about letting emotions drive versus not, but validating them. Before we continue with today's chat, I want to sincerely invite you to come over to Facebook and join our group and our community. I would love to carry a conversation with you over there and interact with you and have you get to know the other beautiful families that are inside of our private community. Go to the description. You'll see a link at the very bottom where you can easily click and go ahead and join our group. I look forward to seeing you inside. So can we dig into that a little bit more for somebody who this is a brand new concept and they haven't even validated their emotions before, but they're starting to, and now they're like, oh, wow, I have these feelings. I'm not going to judge myself for having these feelings, but I'm so, I'm so emotional over this, you know, and then they might be tempted to do like rage or whatever. How can they separate the, having the emotion from letting it take over? What would you say to that person? I think the key to not letting it take over And this sounds counterintuitive, but the way to not have your emotions take over is to actually give it space. Because we're afraid if I feel this, it's going to take over and it's going to be a disaster. 
that's a lie of the enemy. The truth is, if you give it space, then you can hear that message. You can see why it's actually there. And so in the the validating kind of the first step is actually identifying what you're feeling. There are a lot of people that are like, I don't know, like I just feel empty or I'm feeling something, but I don't, I can't identify it. And that's part of why the doodling is cool is because you can picture what it feels like and you don't actually have to have any words. You can just picture that like, I feel crushed or I feel stuck in the bottom of a pit and it doesn't, you don't have to have the words, but you're still validating like, oh, that's how you're identifying. This is how I feel. And then you can validate like, oh, this happened and that happened. And I've been telling myself this. So it makes sense that this is what I'm feeling. Hmm. And separating your thoughts from your emotions is really key too. They're not the same thing. And scripture tells us to take every thought captive, does not tell us to take every emotion captive. Because emotions are like involuntary. The word is slipping, but like when something comes at your face, you blink your eyes. You touch something hot, you pull away. It's an involuntary reaction. That's where your emotions are. You can choose to partner with them and hang on to them and all of that. But if you're shaming yourself for feeling angry or feeling hurt, that's an involuntary reaction. What you do with it, you are fully responsible for. But so you have to separate like, okay, I feel hurt. Now I need to listen and I need to see what my thoughts are so I can choose my behavior instead of I'm hurt, I'm going to act. That's Mm -hmm. reactive and not healthy. So actually giving that space to it to go, okay, why are you here? And if it's like, if those hard emotions came from something really traumatic, it's probably best to not go trying to explore those on your own. If you don't have, like, if you're just like, I don't even know having, because like, again, as a child, when you have these big, scary emotions, there should be an adult there that's like, oh, I understand that. And it's okay. You can feel, you know, so sometimes having a counselor, a coach, a mentor is like taking that parent's place to be like, yeah, you can have your big emotions and it'll be okay because I'm here to contain you and remind you of the truth and everything. So like if stuff has been really hard and comes from really traumatic places, it's probably wise to get help to start exploring those because... And at the other part, these places that we're stuck, we're stuck because at the age that we were wounded or this lie came in or whatever, like that piece of us gets stuck at that age Mm -hmm. developmentally. So if the trauma was at three in that area, you only have the skills of a three-year-old to cope with that. And so if you bring it out, like, yes, it's going to be just as overwhelming as it was when you were three because you don't have the tools. So just starting with identifying small emotions and identifying, oh, this makes me happy and this makes me sad is a great way to start building those tools without feeling like you need to dive into everything and re-traumatize yourself. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really, really excellent point. And I'm very glad you brought it up because there really are things where professional help is going to be extremely useful. And unfortunately, there's sort of a mentality, like some kind of a stigma that 
reaching out for help with grief or trauma or anything emotional is in some way meaning we're broken. And in Mm -hmm. fact, it's so important and healthy that, like you said, we don't stay stuck because we are supposed to continue to develop throughout our life. And there are now, especially because we've come through the COVID era, so many more accessible Christian coaches and counselors online. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have one in your town anymore. (laughs) You know, you're not, if you live in the boonies, well, as long as you have internet, or if you go to a coffee shop and sit in your car, you can actually access professional support and you don't have to stay stuck. So I'm really, really glad you brought that up. And for those things that are more just our daily functioning and digging deep in our own private time, this is such a really good technique and can even probably help people see if they think they need professional help or not based on how they process, you know? So when you talk about giving space to the emotions for someone who's maybe never heard of doing that before, what would that look like for various people? So giving space to the emotion can look like just giving yourself permission to actually feel it for even five seconds if it feels scary, but for a minute or whatever time, just like actually feel, what does this feel like in my body? What parts of my body are tense? What part of my body is at ease? Because like we need to learn to feel good emotions too. So like literally just, I'm going to actually feel this for this period of time. Sometimes I journal and I interview my emotions like, okay, this disappointment or rejection, like you're here. Why are you here? What do you have to tell me? What do I need to do for you to go away? Like actually journal that conversation out. And then I do that. My favorite way is doing it with the doodling Mm. to to make that space to go, okay, what does this feel like? And challenge myself to come up with a picture of, you know, this big, heavy backpack on my back or the storm clouds swirling all around me or my daughter, the five-year-old was sharing. I was raging at her at bedtime because I'm like, just go to bed. (laughs) And she's got one more question and needs a drink and, you know, just, and so she was able to tell me that my responding to her that way felt like I was a boulder on her feet, keeping her from going to God with how she was feeling that's making space for that emotion. And then I had to make space for all my emotions out of that of like, oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I do not want to do. And what I'm trying to teach moms to manage your emotions. So you're not doing this to your kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so so making that space to, to draw that out and be like, okay, it makes sense that she feels that way because my role is to be connecting her And instead of making space for her emotions like God would do, and like I want her to do for herself, I'm going, no, just shut it down because it's past bedtime. We're closed. (laughs) Right. Well, the interesting thing, I want to encourage you also, and I know you already know this, but we can't learn from perfect people. They've never experienced Mm-hmm. What we then need to teach, we have to understand. So I think for every mom who is about to hop into your classes, it's comforting to know you have felt the feelings and oh, you yeah. have been there and you have now have gotten a way to manage them and to process them. You know, if you had never felt anything, it'd be really hard to learn from you. So, <laughs> yeah. And it also is just showing like, yeah, I can teach this to my daughter now and my raging at her and being that boulder 
gives the opportunity for me to model repentance yes and forgiveness and reconciliation and to yeah and to do things different next time of like okay I do need to make space for your emotions mm-hmm. and you know that might mean like okay I hear you but I need a five minute break first <laughs> or I hear you and this is what it is but we're going to talk about it tomorrow mm-hmm. or starting bedtime routine 15 minutes earlier. So I feel like I have the space for all your last minute things or, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's where like making that space for that emotion of like, okay, I don't want to feel this. And I don't want to be doing things that are being a stumbling block for her. So what needs to change? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think because you're teaching it to her now, it's going to allow for such a strong bond to develop over time that if those emotions weren't processed or they caused a you know, divide between you as she grew, you know, you would miss out on something so beautiful. So what a gift to her that you're teaching her this as you learn it and go through this journey too. Yeah. That's amazing. So what would happen if someone decides not to process their emotions? I hope the first part of this talk with McCove Johnson was encouraging to you. I know it surely was to me, and I'm really looking forward to sharing the second half with you. We're going to dive into some techniques that will help make everything more clear to you when it comes to processing your emotions and helping your children be able to process theirs. They are techniques that are fun, they're bonding, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So tune back in, hear the second half of what McCove has to share with us, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.